feuding now though so i don't i don't are we well we're feuding with our audience how about that oh okay um sure okay because I'm this done. episode's about feuds uh you know listen i have we're we've been recording in the morning i i'm sure the listeners are aware because i keep bringing it up and complaining <laughs> and that's what this is as well I mean, I think I'm like I'm like a different kind of human being in the morning <laughs> than I am to the evening. Like, I I don't know if this is the case for everyone, but I have had like a consistent like sort of cold um, every single morning for my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think I'm a much different person when I wake up after drinking a full bottle of wine than when I oh don't. My. So yeah. Oh wow. I, I know, know why I feel like I have a cold. If I drank a full bottle of wine last night, I wouldn't be awake right now. I would be asleep. <laughs> uh. Absolutely. Um, because um, my body just can't really handle any sort of alcohol at this point. And uh, it's like, sure. wow, you should probably just sleep for a day. <laughs> That'd be good. Let, let's get rid of it, shall we? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... It's fine. Um, today's episode is going to be great because we're talking about, as as we've alluded to, season four, episode sixteen, feud. Um, and it's a good episode. Yes, it's very fun. Uh, lots of bright colors. Yeah, and lots of good good jokes. Yeah, except for um, you know, the parts that are really bad. <laughs> Just pretty true of every Glee episode. So. Uh, yeah. To get us into it, this originally aired on March 14th, 2013, with 5.37 million viewers, which is down from last week's 6.72 million, which is, eh, you know. Uh, it was written by Roberto Aguiar Sacasa, which is the Riverdale man. Yep. And uh, directed by Bra- uh, Bradley Buker, who did a pretty good job this episode, honestly. Um, there are some yeah. like more fun choices made, but I think they're all good ones. So, uh, you well, know, well, we can talk about it. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, so we start off. We start off with a recap, but not our normal recap. This is more of a fun, actually good recap. Um, because in order to kind of set up the scene, um, they show us the infamous and terrible Finn forcing himself on Emma. Yes. And then uh, there's a son. Fema. The, fem- the Fema kiss. <laughs> oh, Fema kiss. Um, but yeah, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> then we see Finn confessing to Shu. Um, and then we go right in. Which happened last episode. And then, yep. But we also see uh, the when Sue announced to Will that oh. Emma has left the building. Yes. And it's all over like, what is the song? It's, it's like... I want to say it's like Flight it of the like, Valkyries, maybe. That's but... what I was gonna say, also. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's very intense, um, and there's no the the announcer guy isn't there. Right. Um, the one who's like, oh, I'm here to be snarky because we all know that Glee sucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't need your meta bullshit. Um, I I like I kind of like yeah. this though. It's kind of more of a thematic like. I like it with yes. with the music too. It's very good. Um, no, I think it is really good. I called the recap um, recap crime of the century. 
<laughs> I mean, it kind of was. Um, but this leads us right into our first scene. Artie, Blaine, and Tina um, are telling us yes. about the shoe fin feud that has been brewing. Um, they've organized a sit down yes. and they're like, thank you very much for coming to this. <laughs> like they're, um, I, I really like the positioning of these three as like the heads of Glee club. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we, we get to see Finn and Will's interactions from the past few weeks. Um, or at least we assume it's a few weeks. I have some timeline stuff that we're going to get into later. Don't, cool. Great. Don't, uh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but we see Finn getting lattes uh, and Will's like, this isn't the latte I wanted. So you're going to have to take all of them back. Yes. <laughs> and like all of Glee Club is like, oh. Yep. Uh, and he also brought a bunch of like dry clean vests for Will. And it's just like, and he's like, wow. Uh, you know, what really surprises me is that you can't tell that these vests are clean and that you will turn in subpar work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's great too is then um, we also have a moment because so the the way that they frame this and to be fair, this does seem to be the case is that like Will is very mad at Finn. So Will is yeah. just treating him like garbage. And then Tina is yeah. like, and Finn is kind of losing it. Um, And we get a scene where <laughs> yes. Will compliments Ryder on being able to, he, he's like, see, you can bo- have both musical talent and skill on the football field. And then Finn, they aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> and, then and then Finn stands Finn up and is like, like you yeah. don't have to fake compliment Ryder to get it. Just to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> then he kicks and a then stand. He, kick, yeah. he kicks a music stand on his way out. Oh, shit. Um, this is the kind of shit I'm down for, because it's like the show recognizing that these are two very, um, I guess, immature yes. people <laughs> yeah. uh, acting, you know, vi- vindictively and viciously for literally very little reason. Um it feels really good. It's it's yeah. very, it's very funny. Yes. Um my my big thing especially cuz this is obviously a theme of this episode but like I hate Shu and I hate Finn. So when they're mean to each other, yeah, I can get behind that cuz <laughs> it's fine. Um but anyway, so in order to set up this episode, uh Blaine, Artie, and Tina give Shu and Finn a lesson this week. Um yes. To do musical feuds. Uh, take a take a famous feud between two musicians or groups and sing at each other because that's how we solve our problems here in Glee. So I mean, that's how we should all solve our problems. Honestly, I think the world would be a much more musical place. Uh, it would definitely uh, be more musical. I don't know if it'd be much better, but it would definitely be more musical. Well, you know, all the people who go to college for music would have jobs because oh. they'd constantly be, um, you know, commissioned sure. for random songs breaking out. For instance, the violinists who are yes. just at that dance rehearsal later in the episode. <laughs> you know, yes, that sort of thing. Uh, we go to New York for the oh, next scene. Rachel, But, but Maggie, what? before we get there, um, in order to get us into the Glee title card... There's a, mm-hmm. there's a very quick series of rapid, like, fire close-ups into both Will and <laughs> Shu's faces, yep. which are yes. nauseating. <laughs> it's just like, zoom, zoom. It's to imply intensity. <laughs> well, it, there has to be a better way. Cause the, to, to the other thing is, it's not even really highlighted. Like, you just, like, skimmed over it. But, like, why bother? It's so... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just I, I found in, it funny. For intensity's sake, you know what they could have done is had a close up of Finn and Will's eyes doing like side eye at each other. That would yes. have been funny. Yes. I like split screen. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like Street Fighter. <laughs> or or they could have done the nauseating close up but done it as a split screen instead of doing one right after the other. It would have been yeah. still nauseating but not as nauseating. <laughs> so it'd be done sooner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now we're going to be in New York. Yes. Rachel and Santana went to um, a doctor together, and we see Rachel exiting the presumed doctor's office and coming up to Santana and saying, it was a false alarm. Hooray. And uh, Rachel's like, well, I'm going to go to class. Bye. <laughs> and Santana's <laughs> like, um, no, this is a chance to reevaluate your choices, specifically donkey face, which <laughs> is Brody. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Santana wants wants Rachel to make this a whole thing. Rachel's like, I carried a MacGuffin in my womb for a little bit, so I think I'm good. Um, then we move... Speaking of donkey face, well, I guess... Uh, should, oh. should we address how... Because I think Santana has a point, but I also think Rachel has a point. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, let's talk thing, about it. The thing for me is like... I just don't think it it really jived for me that Rachel, like, made her whole life about Finn, but not so much that she's, like, undying, she has undying love for Brody. I just don't see that for Rachel's character. Like, it doesn't make all that much sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess, I, I guess in some ways it makes sense because it feels like Rachel is the type of person who defines herself by the relationships that she's in. So she's very protective of the relationships. But is she, but but is she that? Because we've only ever seen her like in a relationship with Finn and Jesse. And yeah. like, I mean, she was, she defined herself as Rachel. Absolutely. Like, cause she was, she's self-obsessed at the same time. Well, but I feel like she always, over, she's willing to overlook anything for the most part when it comes to the men that she's dating. Um, because she mm. was defending Jesse the entire time they were dating until the moment where he like until outright betrays her. So like, yeah, like I think Rachel has, I, I think you're right. I think Rachel is self-obsessed. And I think part of that self-obsession is that she is unwilling to question the relationship she's decided to be in. Because if she's yeah, decided to be in them, then she's right. Like She she needs them for her heterosexual veil yes. that she puts over her whole body. Yeah. Um, it's just, I guess it's frustrating for me because, like, I don't really give a shit about Brody. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, like, this whole plot line is just, like, yeah, I get it. You're going to break up with him. Like, is it going to take this whole episode? And guess what? It They don't even do it in this episode. <laughs> yeah. The, so. The weird thing for me is that Santana, like, it just feels weird to, like, have someone in your life that's, like, no, you should be more, like, you should be more concerned about this thing when it's, like, oh, it's my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just yeah, do but it. Santa but. Santana ha makes some good points in this episode where she's like, I'm, I've always been smarter about people than yeah. you and Kurt, and you should listen to me. That's My true. Mexican third eye doesn't lie. Which, um, speaking of, well, we're going to get yeah. to that scene in a minute, but to kind of bolster Santana's cred here, um, we go straight into a scene with Donkey Face, also known as Gunner, apparently. Also known as Brody. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. We're, we're at like a very fancy hotel lobby, mm -hmm. I guess. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. This uh, doesn't make any sense. Also, Don't question it. It's also a gigolo convention. <laughs> it's... 
is gigolo like an offensive word? It might be. It, there's a lot of male men escorts here who are yeah. who are getting paid to have sex with women. Yes. That is what is happening. Uh, and Brody is one of these people. We called and, it. And I mean, it was yep. obvious, but we called it. Yeah. And uh, there's like a guy who comes up to him and is like, hey, what's up? I'm Dallas. Yes. <laughs> and Brody's like, I'm Gunner. Leave me alone. And uh, then they they all get coupled up. They get paired up with, I guess, fancy, yeah, I, more mature, established women. I, I put wealthy ladies. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're definitely fancy yes. because they're in this very fancy hotel lobby. Uh, and they sing uh, Marina and the Diamonds, How to Be a Heartbreaker. Yes. It's, which is a, it's a bop yes. for one, the song itself. So that's a good choice. Um, and I, but I do have some comments on okay, it. Okay, sure. Overall, I think it's visually interesting. Yeah. The dancing that Brody does with um, his trick. Ugh. No, um, <laughs> no, no, no. I think, isn't, I feel like the person doing the sex work I don't know. I, let's not use the terminology. What? Let's say the woman who's paying him to have sex with her that night. Yes, the women. The woman he is with is um is a great dancer, and all the dancing is really good. It's like all these couples, um, dancing around this hotel room, going through very oddly small hallways yes. at some points, um, and sort of like you know groping in the elevator and yes, uh, yes. Uh, there is a really cool shot from outside of the hotel at one point where like all the window shades go down one by one. I thought that shot was really cool. Yeah. Um, but here, let's see. And also, it's it's sung by Rachel at the same time back in the loft. She's singing some of the more like slow-ish parts. Yes. Uh, like and like sadly looking out of windows and just sort of moping on the couch. Yeah. Um, so here, let's see. I wrote that I want a more naturalistic sound, uh, especially near the end of the song, where it's the same bop-ish tone as the original, but I would prefer it if it's like acapella with every single couple singing, mm. because it's only Brody singing for the most part, and Rachel, even though we don't see her. Like, it's not Brody's partner that is singing during the song but she does it's like but she Ra- does move it's like her rachel's mouth. voice come yeah but it's like rachel's voice coming out of her mouth like what the hell <laughs> yeah i'm not about that yeah i i can i i can feel that i i did just listen to the original version again it is very poppy though like, like it's not yeah like the original version even is like a very like I don't want to say electronic, but kind of in the sense that like it feels. No, it totally. Yeah. Like the instrumentation is electronic. Yeah. For sure. And I, I just like, I get that that's what the original song is, but I think it would have fit better here to have sort of sure. a more naturalistic instrumentation. Yeah. And have like acapella singing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Cause it's glee. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it is weird to it's have. It's cheaper to not do it that way though. So <laughs> yeah, it is weird to have Rachel singing in the loft, but also like, this is what I'm here for. Cause this is like a big musical number with yeah. all the like no, dancing couples and like, Oh, it's so I'm, good. Yes. I'm also here for it, obviously, because I love it when glee does a musical number. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely. 
Yeah. Instead of just like, here's a performance where I will stand in front of you. Are you excited? And everyone's like, yeah. And I'm like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Um, to close out the scene, though, Brody makes sure there's no mistake um, because he asks the woman for cash. Also, like, they were throwing people on beds and stuff. So, like, it's very clear. I don't know why we had to get this, like, last little scene to, like... Well, we had to see, like, the look of indecision. Oh, or, sure. Like, the the torn look on Brody's face. I, I did... I, you know? I did comment to Chris when we watched it the first time that, like, man, I don't think you make a lot of money that way, being a sad sex worker, right? It's in the service industry. Well, yeah, my my question here is is he's been doing this for a while, right? So like yeah. why does why does he look like that? <laughs> when he's, when well, he's asking for cash. Ma- Maggie, like, maybe it, maybe No, that- but you're right. Like you make money by like affecting a certain persona, I imagine, and it's not like sad boy gunner. <laughs> but maybe he's been doing it for a while so that's why he looks like that. Um Oh, I mean, that's mm. the thing. Glee is tipping, like dipping its toes into some very hot water on this one. Like they really, really are, man. And they don't like it is just a dip. They, they, yes. they do not stick their whole foot in the pool. Nothing like that. And it's it's not really a pool. It's more like a boiling <laughs> bathtub. Like, yes. Oh, it's too hot. Let's take that out. No. Like, we, we've talked about a little bit because we had suspicions that Brody might be a sex worker. Um, the nice thing is I don't feel... I mean, there's a little bit in this episode that is kind of, like, not great in terms of talking about it. But I feel like the gist of why this is supposed to blow up is that he's been lying to Rachel and less so that yeah, he's a sex it's, worker. It, it's not that he's a sex worker. It's that he's been lying. Yeah. So, um, even though, like, Rachel does some gnarly shit later okay when they have like a confrontation i can't remember if that's this episode or the next episode it's not this episode because i did so i I did watch the next one and it's also really fun (laughs) oh no no i mean i'm excited um but let's keep talking about this one um we're in sue's office for the next scene uh she is talking to blaine who she calls young burt reynolds again which we know he likes as a nickname because he's very pleased when he got it we also find out that his middle name is devin in this scene yes which Um, is two level two letters away that's all i'm gonna say like so close two letters away from devil yes is that what you're saying yes Um, it's the way that my Devin spells their name, so nice. um, that's fun. Uh, and Sue presents Blaine with his Cheerios contract, which we find out he never signed. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. It has a forged signature on it. Uh, and this is where we get into the timeline stuff, because she says that Blaine joined the Cheerios on the 5th of December and then quit the Cheerios uh, on Thursday, the 6th of December. <laughs> yes. Um. So, or or that he didn't come to practice after that point. Here's the thing. So, Glee must have disbanded and rebanded in early December, right? right? Because uh, sectionals was on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, they just had like a week of what? Sadness. I mean, were they in school? Were they doing Glee? I don't know. Um, and here, here's where I get into it. So I do was on Valentine's day, right? Yes. So it's probably still February in this episode, right? Well, 
I mean, it aired on March 14th. So there might be an argument that Ugh. there's like a couple weeks Glee with their there. fucking hiatus bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like... I this is like the point where I stopped around this point was where I stopped watching mm-hmm. in real time because of all the fucking hiatuses. Like they would have like two episodes and then like take a two month break. And it's like, what the fuck? Like I'm not here for this. Um anyway, let me get back to my timeline notes. Uh so I looked up in season three, regionals followed directly after the Valentine's Day episode. Mm-hmm. And there were five episodes between sectionals and regionals. Um, so we are already on episode six after sectionals. Yep. Um, in season four here. Uh, and Valentine's Day was last episode, but um, we're not anywhere close to regionals, it seems. I think Valentine's Day was so even what- two episodes ago. Um yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to lose regionals this year, so it's going to be closer to the end of the season, um, which is not a good reason. It doesn't make sense in timeline, because that's not how competitions work, but... And here's my question. Didn't Glee reunite on a Friday? I like... See, I thought that too, because they like sent an email, <laughs> like Finn sent yeah, them all there was emails. Like a, there was an email sent, and then they met up in the courtyard... Because Marley was like, why don't we just sing outside? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, yeah. Yeah. This is just lazy, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's supposed to be, like, I think a joke to set up, like, oh, he was in the Cheerios for a day, and then Sue, like, berates him multiple times this episode but for not But why not just make commit. the days the right ones? I mean... Why not just make the days right? Maybe they never decided what the actual days were, because... They... That is, like, the laziest thing ever. <laughs> Maggie... I think you overestimate what the Glee writer's room looks like. I don't think they I'm have, like, saying, calendars like, and string. It's, but it's not that hard to make a consistent <laughs> timeline. It really isn't. Or at least it shouldn't be hard, right? right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, Just the, the barest, like, intention. <laughs> the, the smallest... Like, feeling of, like, craft and wanting to, like, respect your viewers and also the shit you're making, right? Well, Maggie... God damn it. Maggie, you'll have to remember, if they were taking these hiatuses, people probably didn't remember because they weren't watching each episode <laughs> for a week and having to take copious or they, notes. Or they just stopped watching <laughs> all, all together. They just stopped. Yes. Um. So we also find out that Tina is here. Yes. <laughs> Mostly so that uh, she can be, she can say, oh, I guess I'll rejoin if I have to. And Sue can make a hag joke instead of having her come back. Yeah. Sure. Uh, But Blaine says that he's too busy with student council and glee club. Being the new Rachel is a lot. There's a lot on his plate. And uh, Sue threatens him for real. Like, threatens him. Yes. To rejoin. She's like, oh, well, you wouldn't want something bad to happen to you (laughs) (laughs) well but like it's so weird like because blaine is like are you threatening me and then becky is like yeah like (laughs) duh then he then he gets presented with a uniform box uh as he's leaving Mm -hmm. and becky slaps his ass (laughs) as he goes that is there Um, there's that weird plot too where becky seems to be very into blaine this episode um Sure. Who wouldn't be, though? He's yeah. adorable. Uh, now we're going to go to Ryder in the library. He's chatting on the computer very animatedly. Like, he's making a lot of faces yes. as he does it. Doing a lot of face acting. Um, 
he's chatting with this girl named Katie, and they've been chatting for a week, as we learn in the dialogue. He envisions her as sort of like Queen of the Aryans, is how I described her in my notes. Uh, <laughs> I, I put down, uh, the first time I watched it, I thought she looked like Rebel Alley. Um, sure. I mean... I mean, her hair is blonde, though. Yeah, with blonde hair, specifically. I also, <laughs> every time I referred to Katie in my notes, I put it in quotation marks because it's an internet chat. We don't <laughs> Yeah, we don't he's know. obviously being catfished, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that. Well, especially because there's stuff later in this episode that highly implies it. But, like, <laughs> this is also I mean... so weird and so out of nowhere. The the issue is it, and this is like this is the height of catfishing in like yeah. culture yeah, right exactly. now. This is when MTV was making the show. Yes, like yes, he's being catfished, uh, especially because she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad I friended you. We've only been talking for a week," and it's like, "How'd you what?" Well, and <laughs> whatever. Also, later he does this again, and she starts like the conversation starts with being like, "I'm sorry, I'm boring you with all my sad stories." And I'm like, "I would love to know what those are." If you have any background, that'd be great whatsoever, <laughs> but you don't. Because instead... No, we just... Yeah, go for it. We just see, like, her complimenting Ryder. Yes. That's pretty much it. And also, like, doing some emotional labor for him. Yes. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, we get a cut in the middle of this scene because Ryder is talking about how uh, Unique talked to him that day. Um and basically Unique came up to him and was like really upset about the Marley kissing stuff yep. and was just like, you need to leave her alone. You need to like respect Jake and Marley. And then Ryder calls her dude, Yeah. Um, is a transphobe in general. He uses the wrong pronouns while he's talking to Katie. Um, and the, the worst part of this scene is that Unique... As, like, he says something gnarly to her, and then Unique shoves him. Yeah. Um, which is not good. No. It's pretty bad. Yeah, there's a lot of not great stuff here. Um, especially because, like, this is technically, I guess, from Ryder's point of view. So Ryder's really upset about how Unique, like, shoved him, I guess. Um, yeah, he he's just like, oh... I don't want to use the wrong pronouns, but yeah, no, he he used the wrong pronouns for Unique, and it's just like way out of line. You, Unique was way out of line. It's not, but obviously she wasn't because you're a piece of shit, writer. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, which there's also yeah. one other thing is also Unique also declares herself to be a proud black woman in this scene, which is mm-hmm. nice because I think that's one of the first times we've really had Unique like a, openly a just solid decoration declaration yeah yes um and then the the only other issue i like i mean there's a lot of problems here but the the scene ends with katie online continuing the transphobia i mean i guess in some ways like i'm not trying to excuse anything here but writer is telling her about it and so she's you know taking the cues from him to use the wrong pronouns and refer to Mm -hmm. unique in the wrong way. But like in general, this plotline just stinks. And like, I think the point of this plotline, we're going to get to like resolutions and stuff where like writer is like, Oh, I'm not supposed to tell people what their gender is. Whoops. But like, (laughs) and and it's right. It's like writers like, Oh, wow. It doesn't matter what I think. Yay. Yeah. Which like, I (laughs) think that's sort of where we get, I I think that's supposed to be what this is. It's supposed to like show some kind of like growth and stuff, but like writer just Mm. comes off so bad in this episode that like, yeah, he just comes off like as a total 
dick. <laughs> what a yeah. Um, Jake calls him a douchebag later in the episode, Which is and that's right. So good. I, I'm so excited <laughs> to get there. Um, but yeah, so right now uh, this weird catfish girlfriend going on. The uh, this shove too that like unique shoves writer, um, which it's just not good. No, like it's not good optics for her to be like, I'm a woman, I'm trans. She doesn't say that, but like, yeah, that's what this is. And um, then writer being like, no, you're not, you're man. Uh, and then having unique react with violence is not a good choice for the Glee writers to make. No. It's really, really not. Because it implies that, like, these situations are on the precipice of violence at any point. Well, and it also... Which, in a lot of real-life situations, they are. But, like, we shouldn't have... We shouldn't be showing, like, a trans person being the aggressor, for one. Yeah. Like, it's just not... It's just not a good choice for Glee to make. Unique has never shown any other sort of violence as a character. No. So it's out of character for her to do this. Well, and um, on top of it, yeah. too, she's also black, which has a yes. whole host of other issues with that. So, like, overall, really poor Implying decisions. that, like, any... That a confrontation with a black trans woman is going to lead to violence is irresponsible Yeah, because black and black trans women die in this country every day. Yeah. It's It's not, it's not good. And I get that this is just like one small moment, but it's a bad moment. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that the writers don't know what they're doing. Like, no, they really fucking don't because they also sort of, I don't know. I just, Unique's character is, I love Unique. I love her and I love the, um, like Alex, whatever's, uh, portrayal of her yeah. for the most part. But one, the, the small amount of like the amount of time she's on screen is on, honestly criminal. Cause it's too small. Right. Um, but when she's on screen, they do a bad job. Yeah. 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 Well, there's going to be more of this episode, so buckle in. But in the meantime, <laughs> we're back to the Finn and Shu feud, which, again, none of us care. Um, Shu. Yeah. Will opens the scene with a weird ass line, though. Yeah. He mentions <laughs> Tupac and Biggie, and it's like, I don't think oh. you're allowed to talk about that. <laughs> Will. Sam, before he, before he says the Biggie and Tupac line, he says, we need to do something muscular. <laughs> What? I think, honestly, he's just looking for an excuse to fight Finn. Because it does happen <laughs> in, like, a dream sequence later, I guess. Yeah, like, their spirits fight. But their spirits also hug. Uh, I don't, we're we're going to get to that <laughs> soon enough. But, like, yeah. It's weird. It's so uh, weird. Yeah, the, doing something muscular. Okay. I just, I only caught that on my second watch. Because what I did was I watched, like, a like two thirds of the episode to take notes earlier this week and then like had to do something else. I uh, like was on a time crunch. Sure. So I didn't finish it. So last night I just started from the beginning. So I was able to like add addendums to all my notes. Nice. Uh, uh, and it's, uh, I mean, it's sort of a mess <laughs> yeah. and I'm not going to do this again because it's too much. Uh, I've seen too much of this episode. I'm <laughs> feeling pretty done with it. Sure. But- yeah, so Will mentions Tupac and Biggie, and I also have yikes in my notes because it's a yikes-aroni kind of situation. <laughs> uh, and then 
Will's just Finn's just like, oh well, you need need to just tell me the truth. You need to get everything out on the table. And Will's like, well, can you take it? And Finn says, I can take it. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. And then Will Will gives it to him. <laughs> yeah. I. The best part is that like Will kind of goads Finn into letting him like verbally just yeah. shit all over him, which is great. Um. <laughs> But my biggest issue about this is that this is still not actually about Emma. Like, no, like, it's just about how yeah. Will hates Finn now. Yeah, like <laughs> Will hates Finn because he like broke his trust or the bro code or whatever bullshit. He broke, he broke the bro code. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So first he's like, I gave you the Glee Club because I pitied you. <laughs> you were lost. Your girlfriend had broken up with you and you gotten kicked out of the army. Yeah. And. <laughs> You're honestly a failure, and I thought giving you the Glee Club would make you feel better. <laughs> but you did a bad job with it anyway. Um, Woof. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is all true, except that he broke up with Rachel because uh, he was sort of misguided yeah. <laughs> about yeah. a lot of things. I'm still not really sure about why he did the things he did. Uh, I don't think Finn is sure either. No. And... <laughs> Yeah. Will does close out this little speech by being like, you broke the code of a brother by kissing my fiance. Uh, um, which is just like, I don't know, like an assholey way of saying you broke the bro code. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. It's like, again, like I mean, honestly, just like hashtag justice for Emma. She is like the real victim <laughs> here. And yet, like, it's just about, oh, no one's talking. You, you ruined yeah. my you ruined my trust in you, bro. And it's like, fuck you. Jesus. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and Will closes out this speech by saying, we're doing this assignment and I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and then he does like a stiff upper lip kind of face. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think there's a, he like sort of pumps his fist and like half hits Finn on the shoulder. Like kind of like a, <sighs> go get it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of pseudo cuss words in this episode i like it um so then we get to the loft in new york um santana comes home to find that brody's shit is still here so brody must also be um so apparently so rachel tells us that brody told her that he's a quote cater waiter um that makes like twelve hundred dollars a time which is unreasonable um and then uh santana's like rachel i'm worried about you i don't like brody's yeah, kind of a ski void but i'm really worried about you so yes because santana's like i don't really give a shit about like what brody is doing i care that like you're a soggy mess <laughs> who doesn't resemble the rachel that i've known for years yeah uh which she has a point um because Sam- yeah. Rachel seems a little bit like lost in a way because we don't we haven't had Rachel sing a love song to her own talent in a little while, you know. That's true. Uh, the the thing that like overall kind of concerns me about this though is that Santana keeps bringing it back to like Rachel making bad choices or whatever, and mm-hmm. it feels a little sex shamey a little bit in that like yeah it, it feels like because she was part of like the shame squad back when Rachel was gonna yes. be topless. And now, like, with, like, the pregnancy and stuff, it feels like Santana's kind of like, you should reevaluate what you're doing, um, because if you thought you are going to be pregnant, then you need to, like, think hard about what you're doing. And, like, that's kind of true, but also it just feels a little shameful, so. I kind of just want to make excuses for Santana sure. and be like, oh, well, she just hates men. <laughs> I mean, that's not untrue. <laughs> she, just, she just doesn't want Brody living in 
in her apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I think it's part of it. Uh, right? Uh, yeah. Directly following after this conversation, because Rachel is like getting ready to leave and leaves, uh, and we hear Brody singing in the shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, during, like, as we continue to hear the singing, and Santana goes into the bathroom and digs through all of his shit and steals his pager. Yeah. Um, Which, because that's what Santana does. Like, <laughs> just to bring it up, it's not really addressed in the episode later at all. Because Brody's not like, yeah. where's my pager? Or like, how would how would having no. the pager help you find out more? Like, do you call the people that paid yeah. you and then be like, oh, I'm not the sex worker you're looking for? Like, yeah, there's that. And also, like, I mean, she uses it to set up a sting later, or at least that's she? how I presume. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, how would Brody find out to go without his pager did, did she return it did she like steal it and get the pager number and then return it like i don't, wh- I don't whatever know. she steals the pager and that's supposed to mean that she's figuring it out so then we go back to gay blaine who is um yes oh my god he's very upset yes. uh he has a, like a little a little tub of some sort of hair product and he brandishes it at Sue and he's like, I know this <laughs> you're behind this. Yes. Um <laughs> it, this isn't hair gel, it's cement. And then we get a close up as Blaine like knocks on his hair. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's completely immovable, um, immovable, which of course, because he used cement in his hair and it's, it's was supposed to be cover boy hair gel. We get like a little scene of, uh, Becky giving it to him yeah. and he's like, Oh wow. Cover boy hair gel. This is so expensive. Which, oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, well, the more Buckwild thing is that apparently yes. Sue also stole his identity and, like, ruined his <laughs> yes. parents' credit, which, like, yes. none of that makes any like, sense, oh, but yeah. That'll go away in seven years, which, like, what? <laughs> Will it? Um, Is that, like... Okay, so is Blaine... Blaine's, like, 17? I I guess. See, that's the other thing, is if he's not 18, I don't know how you can buy a house in his name. Like, (laughs) I think think there is an age that you have to be to, like, buy a house. But But, also his identity was stolen. Right, yeah. (laughs) Right, well, yeah, she forged Uh, his signature already. Like, of course. Like, here we are. And (laughs) Sue also... um, I hired a plane yes. <laughs> with a sign uh, that flies by McKinley, and the sign says, Blaine is on the bottom. Uh, Which... And we see, like, a whole crowd of people being like, oh, and Blaine just being like, oh, no. Which, okay, <laughs> the issue... I, I take issue with this one, mostly because mm-hmm. it really highlights, like, Blaine being this, like, mask, no femmes gay. It's like, oh, I couldn't... Yeah. There's no... Because he's like, that's not even true. And it's like, don't well, be defensive he, about he, it. Like... What he really says is, is that it's not true. Not really. <laughs> Which, like, what? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's Let's just... Let's just say he... Ta- he he tops from the bottom, probably. That's um... well. I, I was gonna say maybe he bottoms from the top. 
Sim- I mean, I think our intent is similar yes. um, I, with our phrasing there. Yeah, it's just, you know, let's not contribute to, you know, homophobic yeah. and terrible misogynistic gay culture. That I mean, no, but I want to I want to support Blaine and whatever he decides to do and how he expresses his sexuality is fine. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, um, I mean, but he seems to think that it does. So he, he does seem to think that it does. <laughs> but anyway, this this leads. Which, oh, OK, like this, uh, this like mask, no femmes gates sort of vibe doesn't make sense for Blaine either. <laughs> He like he loves Coverboy hair gel. Like it's not like his presentation is like full mask. No, I, let's be real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. But anyway, this leads to a feud being declared. Um, so we get more feuds, which is great. Sue, Sue calls Nicki Minaj against Blaine's Mariah Carey, which yeah, I was just surprised to learn that Nicki Minaj has been in more feuds because like I've been <laughs> I've been I've been I'm not I'm not big on you know celebrity culture or anything but i listen to a podcast or two and i've been learning about Nicki minaj's feud with cardi b and like that shit is fun so like yeah well it's because Nicki um is just i don't know that's sort an of explosive personality yeah <laughs> yeah um so we're gonna see them do a Nicki mariah carey feud song yes very much looking forward to it Next scene is Jarley at their lockers, which are across the hall from each other. So they're having like a rather intimate conversation, yelled across the hallway. Um, and yeah, so Jake is upset because because Marley let Ryder kiss her. Um, right. <laughs> which. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Marley's like, oh, what? Did you want me to like jump out of the way? And... <laughs> And then Jake's Jake's like, oh, well, you didn't discourage him. And Marley's like, fine, I'll own that. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I wish she had done it. Gross. I wish she had done it more like how you did it, which is like sarcastic. Um, but she is actually kind of legit honest about it. Or she's like, fine, you're Ew. right. I didn't discourage him enough. I'm so sorry. And then. Gross. I mean, they, this does kind of get them to a better place. Jake doesn't really apologize for being a dickweed, but like. No, he never fucking apologizes. Marley's just like, I love you. You're so great. And Jake's like, I don't know. Are you going to betray me? And Marley's like, I love you. <laughs> I'll never betray you. Which uh, it felt like yeah. it felt like an always sunny intro, really. Like I expected a, a title card to come up with like Marley betrays Jake. But um, oh, that would have been great, though. Yeah. Um, I've, Marley deserves so much better than all of these fuck boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, Jake is like, well, we have to ice Ryder out because he's not a good friend. And Marley's like, Ugh, um, gross. I'm not gonna do that. I I believe in forgiveness as opposed to like being a bitch. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can support not talking to Ryder ever because he's trash, um, a transphobe douchebag. Yes. But uh. Jake is possessive yes. and gross. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the next scene is Ryder and Unique singing together. They're doing their feud song. Mm-hmm. It's Elton John and Madonna. The bitch is back and dress you up. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time I watched it, I got to go down the internet rabbit hole of the Elton John Madonna feud, which was a very fun rabbit hole because, woof, Elton John said some real gnarly shit about Madonna. <laughs> Do you- <laughs> Do you think it's going to be in the new Elton John movie that's coming out? Because I'd be down with that. But um, they have to at least mention it, right? Like, 
Hopefully. Anyway, um, Ryder is playing the. Ryder is on the drums. Yeah, I. <laughs> Has he played the drums before? I don't think so. Is does he just play the drums because Finn played the drums? See, that was my thought. Is that that's what he's doing, which is just <laughs> sad, really? Because why would you aspire to be Finn? It's, I mean, it's not sad on Ryder's part. It's sad on like exactly. The, no, I'm not saying it's Ryder's fault. The, the show. I'm saying the show is pathetic. <laughs> um. It's like, why can't you come up with a unique character? Yeah. The, this is just Finn. Like, Finn tried again. Right. Like, like okay, well, we messed up Finn the first time. We just need to do it again. Well, and even, like, Finn was homophobic, and now Ryder is transphobic. So, like, they both get to have this weird redemption arc where they're not actually being a good person. They're just kind of still And they a dick. never apologize. Yes. <laughs> um. So, anyway, unique is great. Um. I said, though, I- I'm yes. kind of over Ryder. <laughs> Even though he sings the Elton John song, like, mm. yeah, there's like a point when Unique touches his shoulder as they're singing, uh, and Ryder's like grossed out. Yeah, he recoils, like, which is not great. Ugh, yikes! Yeah, and Unique has a basket full of crowns, which <laughs> she hands out to everyone except Ryder. Well, and Jake, uh, maybe. Like, there's a couple people that don't get crowns, but like Artie gets one, so it's not just for the ladies. It's like. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's great, though. I, I really enjoy that part. Um, so after the song is over, Blaine calls for peace and like yes. comes over to try to like mediate their discussion. And uh, as soon as Ryder like, starts saying some transphobic bullshit, you can see Blaine like, going like, oh, no. Yeah, because like, um, y- Unique, Unique yeah. is like, I'll shake Ryder's hand and call it a, like, call it truce if he admits that I'm a girl, like if he calls, if he says that I'm a girl and then writer's like, well, I can't do that because bathrooms and bullshit. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's like, I'm just, I'm just confused. And it's just like, oh, you're disgusting. Okay. (laughs) You're confused. Good for Uh, you. Figure it out on your own time instead of taking it out on someone else. Asshole. Like. We also see Artie doing mediation for the two of them. uh, Like to decide that they're going to do the Elton John uh madonna number which is fine there is a point when like unique is like i'll be madonna of course and writer's like because he's gross yeah which then did writer want to be madonna like what whatever well, I, I do like unique's response um, to that though where she's like well you can try to be sir elton but i don't think you got it um which is nice i just like I, I have to commend the show on one hand that like Ryder is truly horrible yes. in this episode, and he hasn't really shown this side of himself ever before. Right. So they've really built up a lot of like, uh, like garbage things in very short amount of time. Which um, okay. So I don't know if that's really commendable. <laughs> I was but... gonna say I don't know if you can commend them because it really feels like it's out of character. <laughs> like it feels mm-hmm. like oh we just decided that also writer is a transphobe so like because we need to have one so that unique can be harassed right which sucks because sam sam listen that's the only storyline that trans people get you know that's the only one that they need is um yeah. you know the world harassing them and hating them yeah i mean so that they can rise above it, it is I mean, that's the same thing they did for the gay characters in the first couple of seasons. So mm-hmm. it's kind of on brand for them, I guess. But like, you're right in that it's still bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. So Ryder says that gnarly shit, and then Jake from the from the Glee audience is just like, "You're a douchebag." Yes. 
<laughs> in this room, we can be whatever we want to be. How dare you? And yes. it, I, it does sort of feel like Jake is just being mean to Ryder because of like the whole Marley kissing situation, but it feels good at the same time <laughs> it, because it's, it's like, oh, yes, Jake, tell him off. It's right back in that vein of the Will Shoe thing where Will and Shoe, or like, or sorry, Will and uh, Finn, where like Will is like trashing on Finn and like it's because he's mad at him, but it doesn't make it any less true. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, uh, the next scene is in. Sue's office Mm -hmm. Uh, we find out that Becky is Nicki Minaj's biggest fan that's new Uh, and (laughs) she's dressed like Nicki Minaj but also like the 60s kind of threw up on her Um, yeah that's fun so Sue really wants to win this feud um, quite badly Uh, they've already set up that if she wins that Blaine has to join the Cheerios and like actually follow through on being a Cheerio yeah um, so she's really determined and yeah, they practice their menage face. Yeah. They, they make some silly faces. There is, I do really like the phrase mirage of menage. Um, I don't know. Mm. It's just, yeah. And then it's got a good mouth feel. Yeah. And then after this, um, Sue <laughs> wearing like this, like, like blonde wig yeah. From we see this from inside the lockers too, which they've done this a couple times. But she's like slamming lockers as she walks towards Tina. We find out, like yelling weird, un- incomprehensible threats at her. Yeah, she's just like sort of like yelling at Tina. Uh, the accent is bad. Yeah. Um, it's not really anything. It doesn't sound like Nicki Minaj. It doesn't sound like Sue. It doesn't sound like anything. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't know why Jane Lynch was like, I'm going to do an accent (laughs) for this part. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then we go to Niata. Yes. (laughs) Brody is running a dance rehearsal. uh, And he's like, Cassie's not going to be happy with all these kickball changes or whatever. And Santana confronts him. She comes through the door and is, she looks amazing also. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yes. She describes herself as a hardcore friend and tells Brody that he needs to move out tonight uh, and will show him why by singing some Paula Abdul. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, you got to move out. I'm going to protect my family. Something like that, which is nice. And then she sings Cold Hearted Snake with like these dancers as her backup on this like big scaffolding. They just know. Yeah. Right. That too. They just know, and this scaffolding, I don't know what it could possibly be for, but it's definitely for something, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. This performance that they were going to show Cassie, I guess, like, but yeah, it, it's, it's a good, like, it's a good number, and the choreography is very fun, and like, the singing is fine, and it's all like all over the scaffolding, which is great. Um, there, there are some like nonsense cuts, <laughs> yes. where it's like they're just suddenly doing something else. Yes, which is, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not upset by it because I was sort of like, oh, look at all these beautiful dancers. Oh, their costumes are great. Oh, I love this song. Like, yes. <laughs> You know, I can look past certain things. There's also an invisible fan at right, uh, yeah. one point where, like, Santana's hair is just sort of blowing in this mystical wind. Oh, ew. oh my God. Well, and what's funny about that, too, is that that is happening 
in some other scenes and it like blows her hair into her face which i guess is kind yeah. of like like thematic for the number but it's just weird like it's it's good but it's kind of weird also we have the violinist that you brought up earlier <laughs> like they're just here yeah they're just here to do this number they're just here even though uh, even though she plugged in her phone to play this music they have violinists she did. to do it so well to quote the show sam don't apply logic to lopez yeah i know they said that <laughs> i this scene has like convinced me that Santana's like a witch. <laughs> like she's a, she's a magic user. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is cuz here's the thing is this is supposed to like be like a warning to Brody or something. Mhm. It is. It's supposed to like I don't know, scare him out of the apartment. But like w- why? <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> Nobody else knows either. Because yeah, that's the thing is, I guess she might have figured it out at this point, but she does threaten to like dig deeper. So maybe she hasn't. Yes. And maybe she's just like, because that's the thing is this song feels like a generic, like you're kind of a skis bag. Like, mm-hmm. so. Yes, it does. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It's not bad. It's just weird. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm trying I, not to apply logic. Yes, we just can't think about it too hard. Otherwise, it will fall apart. <laughs> the next scene is back at McKinley, and it's the epic clash for pop culture supremacy. Uh, uh-huh. It's the it's NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, uh, which I'm I'm a fan of both of these groups. I'm I'm I never should you know turn my nose up at a boy band. I'm a big fan of pretty much any of that schlock. It's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we have Will's group who are in blue and are marionetted. Yes. Uh, similar to the music video for... Bye Bye Bye. Uh, bye Bye Bye, which is fun. Yes. Uh, and, I mean, they, they have the good dancers over there. So it's Will, Blaine, and Jake who are able to navigate how to use these ropes for very cool dance moves. Mm-hmm. And then we have Finn's group who are in red. Uh, it's Artie, Ryder, and Finn, and Sam yes. also, yeah. I think. Uh, and they just sing very slowly yes. <laughs> and do some very slow walking. Which, okay, so here's the thing. It, yeah, it's a mashup of Bye 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 and I Want It That Way. Um, I think when he was talking about the muscular thing, I think Will was trying to figure out how he could make himself look a million times better than Finn. And this definitely does it. Because yes. the marionette string dancing is impressive, and Finn walking is not. Um. <laughs> yes, exactly. So as the song begins, we also see Finn and Will charging each other and like yeah. getting into like a tussle. Yeah, there's some clips um, in the middle of this song that just keep happening with this fight. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's very odd because it's like when when I first watched it, I was like, so at this at the end of the song, they're gonna fight. Like that's what this right. is. It's like, yeah. but that's not what it is. No, like, and that's <laughs> um, I thought the same thing too. But on the rewatch, I think it's supposed to be like a metaphorical fight. Yeah, it's their spirits are fighting, <laughs> <laughs> which, like, it's weird. Because it's also, like, in front of Glee, yeah. like, all of Glee is just standing around them, watching them, like, like throw each other around, <laughs> which seems, yes. like, not something you would want to do. Um, but also, they hug at the end of this little, like, yes. thing, so... 
okay. So what's going on? <laughs> uh, there, the mashup itself is a bit clumsy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, like the tempo of both songs is just so different that like it just makes I want it that way seem so much slower. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. I I just wouldn't listen to the mashup apart from like watching the episode. I'm just not interested because it's not that good. No. Uh, and yeah, it's not that good. Yeah. It, it's. I mean, the other thing. Like, it's weird because I feel like Shu ends up singing a lot of the lead. Um, yes. Which is also, like, just, like, if this is supposed to be, like, a battle or something. Like, I know the problem is Finn doesn't have any talent. So it's, like, obviously he yeah. has no way to defend himself against this. But, like, I don't know. The, the other... the. It also yeah. seemed like the lighting choices that they made for this song were really hard on the actors' eyes because everyone's squinting <laughs> the whole Maybe, song. Well, I, I feel like boy groups do squint a lot. I think that's just a thing. <laughs> the squinting, the squinting is on brand. Yeah, um, yeah, it's sort of like a oh yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. I'm squinting. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um um it's it, anyway the mashup's a bit clumsy at the end sam t- is like wow i feel a lot of love in this auditorium tonight <laughs> <laughs> make sure to tip your waiters folks yeah um <laughs> you you bros just need to hug it out and then will rejects finn uh he's like i just can't and he uh, doesn't hug him. Then Finn thanks Will for everything and bounces. Yeah, which, okay, back to the hugging thing. Um, weird. Why would you show them, like, making yeah. up if they don't actually do it? Why'd their, why did their spirits hug but not their physical forms? What's going on? It's just such a weird, like, if you're trying to make this weird spirit metaphor, at least make it actually relevant. Like... Right? Like, have... <laughs> Like, why is that little fight even in the episode? <laughs> what is going on? I mean, to be fair, it's because the I want it that way choreography is boring as hell and we don't want to watch it. So It is, it is really boring. Because <laughs> guess what? Finn can't dance still. Yeah. And Santana is in the next scene. She got a bartending job and is really excited to announce it as she enters the loft. Uh but le- consider this. She is 19 or yes. maybe 20. Yeah. How is she getting a job tending bar when she's not of age to drink? I I know she has that fake ID, but like, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a job. You need more than just an ID. Like, whatever. It's yeah. fine. Then they have a family loft conversation because... <laughs> Rachel and Kurt are here to discuss your troubling problems, Santana. Yeah. Uh, they're going to cut your curfew, and you're going to have to do more chores. Well, um, well yeah. but to be fair, Rachel calls her crazy for the way that she's been treating Brody. Um, mm. And then... Well, at first, Kurt is like, did you confront Brody with a Paula Abdul <laughs> song? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and uh and Santana's like that performance was the best place that <laughs> was the best performance that place has seen in years. Yes. Um which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um but yeah and then they're like well either you lay off of Brody or you have to move out. And we we would prefer that and... you move out honestly. <laughs> 
Yes, and Santana lashes out a little bit, talking about um, her aching breast rage. And she also, but she also like says some, some more real ass shit. Cause that's like Santana's move these days. It seems is to like lash out a little bit and then to try to like empathize. Yeah. Uh, she's like, you're my family. Trust me. I've always been smarter about people than either of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then they ask her to move out for real. And she says that she's going to crash with Lena Dunham and grabs a pillow and comforter that are just sitting there and um leaves well uh, and then (laughs) well but so like rachel's like i'm pretty sure she just stole my comforter and then kurt's like bitch took my pillow it's like so why did you have them sitting there (laughs) where did you do laundry and just left them there or something it did seem like you had left them there for santana to take (laughs) as she moves out so like what i really just like the phrase bitch took my pillow um (laughs) I knew you would. You're basic. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I assume... My assumption was that she'd been sleeping on the couch, and, like, those were the things she was using to... S- those were hers. Well, sure. hers in quotes, but yeah. Hers... Well, okay. Once you use, like, a, a pillow and a comforter, they're kind of yours, at least in, like, a sense. Yeah, it's like it's right? like if you, you use someone else's toothbrush. That toothbrush is yours now. Yeah, because you got all your you got your stink on it. You know, you got your your dead cells and everything are all over it. So it's yours now. Yeah, you definitely can't wash a pillow co- pillowcase or a comforter. Um, you can, but like still. Sure, but yeah. So Santana leaves, um, and then we move back to the Katie writer. Oh, oh. I do have a line here. Go for it. Um, it really makes me sick. How Rachel is putting Brody's comfort. Oh, yeah. I have that in quotes. Over Santana's safety, pretty much. Like, throwing Santana out onto the street um, is not great. Uh, Also, uh, they're in, like, fucking Bushwick. Like, who knows what's going to happen to her out there. Yeah. Also, like, Brody is, like, lying to Rachel, right? Well, uh, he's just straight up lying, and Rachel's just like, I believe you. Like, like yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love you. Again, going back to, like, Rachel willing to overlook things, if, um, until she's confronted with hard evidence, she will overlook anything that a man does if she's chosen him, because she doesn't make mistakes, Maggie. Um, Ugh, I don't like it. Yeah. So... We move back to Katie, in quotes, and writer. Um, this is where <laughs> Katie tells us that she has backstory that we don't get. Um, and then writer does... Well, yeah. yeah. So writer is upset about this whole thing about where he's got called a douchebag. I just write that he's cis scum in my <laughs> notes because he is. Yeah. Like, he's just gross. And he's like, what's true is true. Which <laughs> Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. And very, then, uh, very gross. Kate, um, but Katie then is just like... Kate, yes. Let me do... S- Katie's smart yeah. and tries to reason with him about truth. <laughs> yes. Which, I mean, like, I again, this is why I think that, like, Glee was trying to, like, do this to, like, show some growth or something. Because Katie, like, does the fun, like, logical steps of being like, well, you just said truth is truth, but, like, your truth is different from other people's truths. And it sounds like Unique's truth is that she is a woman. I mean, Katie doesn't say it like that because Katie is a little transphobic herself but 
that's kind of the gist. Yeah. So, I mean, good good job, Katie, making Ryder realize that there are relative truths in the world and that reality is fake and that trying to tell anyone what their gender is is just basically being a douchebag. Yes. Uh, so I, don't, I guess this storyline has, like, a good conclusion. It's just frustrating to me that, like, Ryder's been an okay dude until this, like, terrible episode. Right. Uh, Again, that's why that's so. why it feels to me less like character development and more like character break. Because it's like he wasn't, but he he's never shown anything like this before. Unique has been in Glee Club yep. for the entire time. If he was actually this raging transphobe all along, you think this would have come up sooner? But yes. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. and then to close off the chat, um, cause Ryder's like, wow, you're so smart, Katie. Thanks for making me think. And, and Katie's like, send me some nudes. <laughs> yeah. Which Ryder sends a picture from the calendar, I think. But yeah, again, catfishing. <laughs> Did people not know that that was a thing? Obviously not. Um, yeah, I think, I think people know. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Ryder's just an idiot. No. <laughs> The next scene is back in the choir room. It's finally time for the Nicki Minaj Mariah Carey number. Uh, we see Blaine singing I Still Believe. Yep. And he just sort of like flounces around the choir room. There's some spins. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. <laughs> it's fine. The, for this, for the entire rest of the episode, since the hair cementing, I just, I just can't help but think that like his hair is still cemented. I mean, I don't know like, how you get still... cement out of your hair. So <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> it's in there for good. <laughs> his hair is never gonna change again. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this gets mashed up with super ba- a super bass um, by Sue and the Cheerios. Uh, she's wearing like a pink leopard print bodysuit, which is interesting no it's got like a skirt on it well it's like over it though um, like yeah. yeah and then i mean it's not it's like a unitard with like a jumper over top yeah it's, it's weird oh uh, she also has a blonde wig all the cheerios have blonde wigs which is kind of fun for that like like you know uniformity well, look it, and they're not specifically blonde like half of them are like sort of like a icy pink sure. and the other half is like a more blondish color a very like super base era Nicki Minaj in a way yep. um except like I wouldn't say that Sue's costume is really all that Nicki Minaj-esque it's a little bit too modest yeah <laughs> um yeah. but f- it's fine it's whatever um Jane Lynch it does very minimal dancing as she normally does number. yeah <laughs> Uh, the Cheerios just sort of dance around her. Uh, the song is fine. They sing super bass, yep. as I said earlier. And yeah, the gaggle of Cheerios do a good job of the singing. The eye close up is just sort of uncomfortable. <laughs> well, for me, and there's also a lot of hairography in this because they have like fluorescent yes. paint and like rose petals, and there's a motorbike and yeah, like. Well, there's feathers, and they bring in like the, a light up stage. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then the lights go off and there's black light and the feathers are everywhere and then there's the bike and then like Blaine is like upset yes. <laughs> because his song was directly interrupted so he tries to mash on the fly yes. <laughs> and um, just like tries to get it get a word in edgewise he also goes up and stands on the stage and does some more turns yes um, 
Well, yeah. and also it's also because the the entire New Directions is like losing their minds over this super bass performance, and so like he feels a little uh, abandoned, which is great because I oh, would yeah. I want to say it's a great mashup. Like yes, the ma- the mashing of these two songs fits really well. Even though like we're supposed to believe that Sue's sort of like an interloper, the song still works out really really great um so i at the end especially i was just like wow this is like a girl talk mashup this is really good um (laughs) yeah no it is yeah uh so that's that was my reaction to it at the end (laughs) and then uh we uh we get to the end of the number it's over and will's like okay let's call for a vote who do you think won and Blaine's like, this is unfair. <laughs> I was interrupted. And Tina votes for Blaine. And then everyone else votes for Sue. And Blaine's like, well, thanks, Tina. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, like, but it's like a very oh, pointed geez. thanks, Tina. <laughs> and also, Sue is really awful yeah. to Tina again. I don't know why. Like, mm. I guess this is just the thing that they think is going to do now. Like, Sue is just going to be awful yeah. to Tina in every interaction. Um why didn't they have a few? It's not good. Like, um, I don't know. They don't. I, I guess not. Maybe because maybe because Tina wanted to be on the Cheerios. Yeah. Um, again, and I Sue don't know. likes the chase. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So Sue's like, great. Looks like I won. Seems like you're gonna be the bottom of my Cheerios pyramid, Blaine. And um, which is like, come on. <laughs> You were sexually harassing a student <laughs> in front of a lot of uh, other students. Like, yes. for fuck's sake! Um, she calls him the gay Clark Kent from season one of Smallville. Yes. <laughs> uh, not untrue. He does look like that dude. It would that would make Smallville a lot better. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! If Lois Lane was a dude, that'd be yeah. great. Um, Link, Link Lane. Anyway, uh, we moved. What's what's a mask version of Lois? Lewis. Uh, Lu- oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you got it. Okay. okay. So then we see Marley giving Finn a thank you card because Finn is cleaning out his desk. It's in Will's office, so I guess like Finn just sort of had some stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and he's cleaning it out, and Marley is like, "Hi, I'm here to give your character direction, uh, because you can't seem to formulate anything without a woman telling you to do something." Well, yeah, she gives him a pep talk, which is classic Finn, because Finn doesn't actually think for himself ever. He only does things when other people tell him to do them. So yep. he, so Marley tells Finn to not let Will define him, and Finn's like. Don't let him define me. He does define me. The four years in this glee club define me as a person. And then uh, Marley is like, oh, well, maybe you should just go get a teaching degree so that you can do this if that's what you want to do. And then Finn's like, you're a genius. That's how I would do this thing. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, no kidding, (laughs) dipshit. Um, Yeah, it's like... (sighs) There's a there's some other stuff in this conversation that's not great. She tells him to grow a pair, whatever. Um, but there's also a little bit of comparison between the two kisses that happened. And, like, let's just be clear, mm-hmm. very different. Like, Very, very <laughs> like, different. Marley was consenting. Yes. Um, and also not having and, a panic attack. Like, 
Yep. Yeah. So, um, anyway, Finn is pathetic, but it sounds like he's got some direction for his character again. So, um, now yeah. we go to like a writer intervention a clutch of yeah. of the gle- of the Glabies. Yes. Um, they're here to talk to Ryder about how he's a douchebag, and he apologizes to Jarley for kissing Marley and for wrecking I don't know, Jake's breaking- trust or something. Yeah. Yeah, breaking their friendship trust. And then he's like, give me your balls, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) No, he he makes a football metaphor, but it does literally involve him saying, you got to give me the ball again or something. So (laughs) give me your balls, Jake. I want them. Yes. And then uh, and then Unique is there also. Mm -hmm. And Ryder's like, you're a girl, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh no, did I mess that up? And Unique's just like, mm, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, he does say that, like, but he def- he never apologizes for some of the gnarly shit he right. said. So he, he does so. kind of parrot some of the stuff that Katie said with it, like, oh, that's your truth. And like, I don't understand it, but like, he never, I don't think he actually says the line, I don't understand it, but I don't have to. But like, that should be what he should have said. And also that he was sorry. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah, much like Finn, he gets all of his, um, you know, actual learning and character growth from a woman right. who is inv- investing emotional labor in him for pretty much no reason. Right. Uh, so, but that's what happens. Yeah. And then we hear a story from Unique about how she was harassed while walking home in, in what she describes as Leslie Uggam's glory. Mm-hmm. Um, who is like a black actress? I looked her up. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, the these popular quote unquote popular girls who harassed her were basically just like, "What are you wearing? What are you doing?" You're a freak. Yeah, um, it's really bad. It's really bad. The thing that sort of confuses me about this whole plot line for Unique is that she passes. Yeah. Um, at least to me. And that's like sort of limiting maybe in uh, like my viewpoint is like not, I don't know. It might not be the the best thing to like gather from this. Um, I just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh, that like somebody would be harassing her based on the way she looks. Um, I I would, I would say the, the reason where I could see it coming from is if they go to McKinley um, and they've seen Unique not in, quote, girl mode. So, like, they have yeah. like, multiple points of, like, conflicting evidence for their terrible cis brains to not understand. Like, Yeah, I mean, you can make the point that because Unique's parents have been forcing her to dress as a, in boy yeah. mode, like, they're putting her more in danger than just letting her dress as a yeah. woman and be herself. Yeah. Um. Yep. Which this this leads yeah. all of the uh, Glabies to tell Unique that they're gonna fight for her and like you know walk her home and stuff. And- they're all gonna walk her home, which is cute. Yes, it's adorable. Um, and Kitty is like, I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna walk you home. Also, also, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna threaten these girls. Let me scare them for yeah. you. Um, <laughs> which is great. I Kitty's vibe is strong chaotic and i'm about it yes. um she's like i'm gonna nair all these people and i support you and all of you because we're all in the same club and i'm a winner and i want to win yes. uh, 
<laughs> which this leads to, like a weird yeah. conversation where it's like, oh yeah, all those seniors and probably Brittany are going to leave next year. So we're going to be the real, like, we're going to have to like hold, uh, carry the torch or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's true. Next year's going to be weird. Um, <laughs> Next year is going to be weird. I'm hoping they just stop going to McKinley at all. <laughs> um, But yeah, Kitty. Yeah. Cause once, um, like, let's see. Blaine and probably Artie and Tina and uh, Sam. Tina, they'll all they'll all move to New York. Oh, okay, um, sure. That ma- that makes sense, right? Like Artie's gonna go do film, and yeah. Blaine's gonna go to Niata, which we've already gotten forecasted. Tina's gonna follow him because uh, she's still not with a man, I guess. <laughs> I for I for a second I thought you were gonna make a hag joke, which is not good. I wasn't gonna Sam. make a hag We've joke. We've learned that from. I the show. I was saying that like she's defined um, herself by men. And the show has done that too. Yeah. And so if she doesn't have another man to take her somewhere well, else. Tina wants to be an actress. Oh, that's uh, true. So she'll go to the inside the actor's studio school that Finn didn't get into. Right. Okay. I don't know why you would want to, uh, but sure. <laughs> uh, and they, they cement that they need to carry on the Glee Club torch. Yeah. And then writer says the culminating line for his plot this episode the most special thing you can be is yourself. Applause. Everyone died. Um. <laughs> and then he got a little, and then a Kitty came up to him and like pinned a little badge <laughs> on him that said, good job. And then they held up a little x-ray screen and his heart grew three sizes. Um. What a good boy. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And then we see Blaine and Becky being awarded co-captaining yes. um, at Sue's office. Blaine is in full Cheerio getup. He also, he's Which, also like very cowed during this scene. Like, <laughs> yes, he is. Well, his hair has been cemented, and he can't fly. He feels bad for losing yeah. the, uh, the song. And Sue has this whole speech about in the real world there are commitments that you have to follow through on, or someone's gonna destroy your credit. Right. Then, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. And. Then she throws a thong in his face and tells him to wear it to avoid visible panty lines. Oh, my God. Which, like... The amount of, like, sexual harassment from Sue to Blaine this episode is immense. Yeah, it's not good at all. And we get kind of it because, like, Blaine leaves the office carrying this thong and, like, Sue kind of shoots Becky a thumbs up. As, like, I guess they planned that together because Becky has the hots for Blaine. Um, mm, I but, don't know. More, more like they need Blaine um, for diversity's sake. Right. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's how it was phrased. Also, like, she needs somebody who can hoist a girl up in the air, look directly at her. Love an oven. I, y- yes. Something along those lines. It's, she's talking about the vulva. She's talking about the generals. Yes gross yeah. um and not feel anything about it right like not get horny by looking at a girl's butt i mean maggie that is um, a gross thing that i believe there are people in this world that do but all if you're a male cheerleader shouldn't you be focused on winning well and cheering maggie, men are gross horn dogs that can only think about sex all the time because men are gross just look at brody he's disgusting <laughs> yes. So, um, then, so yeah. Sam, or sorry, Blaine leaves the office, um, and he's still like, 
like he still looks unhappy but as he walks away there's like a weird slowdown as his like face turns into a smile um and yes, then, because it's a political conspiracy. <laughs> yes, because he meets up with Sam. Speaking of conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theorists, um, he meets up with Sam, and it turns out that this is all a plot to ruin the Cheerios forever. Um, they're gonna bring down the Cheerios from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's like debriefing with Sam about this, and they're like, "Yes, we did it. The Cheerios will be gone by the time we graduate." Yes, which like. <laughs> I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, like, our whole thing with, like, Blaine being a demon, like, this episode kind of, like, Sue does some stuff where it's, like, he ruins his, ruins his parents' credit and, like, you know, all that stuff. But, like, this kind of helps to explain all of that because Blaine's in on it. Like, he... Oh, yeah. He's absolutely yeah. in on it. Like, his parents don't really right. exist. They were there as a honeypot so that Sue would use right. them. Um, as a way to threaten Blaine, obviously. Yeah. And now we go to the next honeypot. Uh, Santana has laid a trap yes. for Donkey Face. Well, okay. Uh, Can he... we talk about the opening of the scene, though? Because it's yes. in a hotel. We're in a hallway. It's yep. like a very long hotel hallway. It starts with Brody being like really far away with these like weird like whooshes, oh, like whooshing yes. sounds. It's like... It's like, yeah, there's wind. And then we get some weird horror movie cuts where he's like, he's at the back of the hallway and then it cuts to him being at the front of the hallway and then back to the him at the, at the yeah, end of it. Like, uh, my note, is this, is this what? supposed to be like horror movie-esque? <laughs> Cause like, it definitely. I mean, that's what the, that's what the edit implies, but it's not spooky. <laughs> like, <laughs> just weird <laughs> yeah because well because brody like opens the door and like goes into this like very dark room um to meet with vicky um a, a mysterious figure sitting on a bed <laughs> yes and then she turns around and her face is a demon no um it's santana <laughs> <laughs> it's santana this whole time yeah. and uh he's like you and santana's like i told you this is what i do yeah. <laughs> and uh, threatens him again and is like, you need to move out tonight yep. or I will tell Rachel everything. And um, yeah. Well, Bro- Brody is like, well, I think Santa is like, you have to move out tonight. And Brody's like, um, you can tell Rachel whatever you want. She's not going to believe you. And then Santana's like, well, <laughs> I'm not the one you have to convince. And then Finn comes out of the bathroom. Yes. Uh, Finn, Finn comes out of the bathroom and tells Brody to ghost on Rachel. Yeah. Uh, he's like, "You just need to get out of her life. You're lying to her. It's not okay." And, well, and to note, then before, before this, Santana just left. Santana was like, "I'm gonna let you, yeah, let Sant- you two have some girl talk. Um, I'll I'll let you boys um talk it out." And then she just bounces. Nice. Yes. And a fight ensues when Finn like throws Brody into a yep. wall. I like tried to rewatch the scene just to see the actual sequence of events. Finn is going, is like turning to tell Rachel. It seems like he's like, I have to tell her. So he's going to leave and Brody like touches his arm and is like, you yeah. can't. And that's when Finn turns and throws Brody into the wall. Yep. And then they tussle on the ground and um, there's like a whole fight. Then Finn like gets Brody on the ground and punches him in the face. Yeah, he, they, uh, like, they, there's a yeah. bit where they like crash into a table and then Finn ends yes. up on top of Brody, like in the very typical, like 
end of fight maneuver where you're just like punching someone in the face and they can't do anything about it, which is yeah, not not a good look. A, a big TV yeah. punch. And then he grabs Brody by the collar and shakes him a little bit while saying, stay away from my future wife. Yes. And then um, gets up and leaves. Yep. Um, oh, but before he goes, he does kick the mini fridge over. Because yeah. <laughs> that's Finn's move. Yep. Um, man, I just really hate Finn so much. Like, I'm not so mad about this particular scene. I think Corey Monteith's acting is actually really good. Like, he's he's scary. Yeah. Like, he's pretty frightening um, in that he's like, what's Rachel going to think once she knows the truth yeah. about who you are? Yeah. And then... Like the fight itself is like pretty well choreographed. Like it does, it definitely feels like a you know visceral fight with the crunching and everything. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I believe it that Corey like having Finn become instead of this like tragic hero, having him be like an actual like bad person, I think is more effective storytelling wise. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think my big issue is just that it's like. Ugh. Like he, the, <laughs> most of the lines stay away from my future wife because I hate. Stay away from my future wife. Finn, I think that really caps it off, but, though. It yeah. it shows that Finn thinks he owns yeah. Rachel. That like yeah. he owns Rachel, and whatever happens to Rachel is his business. Right. Which that's I I that's I, you're right. This scene does a really good job of painting Finn as an asshole, which is exactly why I don't like him. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like he treats women like property and yeah. it's garbage. So Yeah, I mean he's a bad person, but that's sort of the yeah. point. Uh and the next scene is back at McKinley cuz they're going to sing a song. Yes. Um <laughs> it's the big song that New Directions does all together on the auditorium stage at the end of the episode. Yes. Or close to it anyway. Well, speaking of close. Cuz that's yeah. Cause guess what? It's season four, and that's how we end every episode now. Yes, um, they're they're singing closer. Um, there's some weird like choreograph, like uh, what am I trying to say? They're like references to the Breakfast Club, I think, when they're like doing the thing on yes, the yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep, when they they do like the the in a line yeah. thing with their arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is odd because that's this song isn't from no. that. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Marley plays the piano now. She knows well, and how. And so does Blaine. And, like, Ryder is, like, miming playing the piano at one point. We so. already knew that Blaine could play piano. Oh, I guess that's true. Uh, oh, yeah, because he did the... That's not Because he weird. did the, uh, the really sad, weird, gross rendition of, uh, uh, Teenage Dream. Right. That's right. He did the same... <laughs> <laughs> yes, he um he bared his ugly demon soul for everyone to see during that song, and then he also um did the Freddie oh, Mercury number for D of a yep. Week on the piano. He's played the piano plenty of times. Yep. Um, there's also some weird cinematography with some spinning cameras, where like there's a bit where we're supposed yes. to be, I guess, from Kitty's perspective, getting out of like this big laundry tub thing. Where she's like spinning around and like yeah. looking at everyone, and I was just like, again, <laughs> like with the nauseatingness. <laughs> Please stop. Um. Yeah, I mean, they there's a lot of nauseating camera work the whole episode. You know, all these sweeping shots of the choir room as people sing. It's a lot. It's all a yes. lot. Um, but the song is fine. Um, like 
it's really it's really just fine and like there's the thing about these big numbers at the end of season four episodes is that there's very little like tying into the actual plot and it's nice to see these characters have a good time i guess well but they're they're not doing this song for any purpose i I assume the idea is that like feud week is over so now we're all closer together you know like we we're we're bonding over getting over our shared animosity or something anyway you're right though it's not explicitly said and it's not really all of these songs that they do at the end of episodes are just like meh like yeah it's like oh good the episode's yeah. over which Great. there is there is one last thing though um we get a yes. final chat with quote Katie um talking to writer where he asks to meet and then there's yes he's like oh are we ever gonna meet uh baby yeah and know. then there's they're, ominous their relationship is nebulous. yeah there's ominous silence as he looks around the library which is a weird choice and Katie logs off of the messaging app um after well, typing something we sort of hear like tapping like computer typing, yeah. um just a little bit and it's in the subtitles too as writer like looks around like <gasps> where is she because <gasps> he yeah he's like is she in here um it seems weird to me that he would think she goes to mckinley yeah because um, this is over facebook or something so like those also you would know yeah, that those right details if you friended them would be there <laughs> so i don't know yeah um it's all very confusing yeah and katie just signs off yeah, which no response yeah it's this this is why in retrospect all of it seems like catfishing <laughs> really like no, it seemed like catfishing from the very yeah. beginning. If someone is chatting with like an unknown person on a computer in a TV show, they're being catfished. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no, there is no instance where there are where they are not being catfished. Well, you know? okay, then like Maggie. I mean, unless you already know, if you already know, then don't say anything. But who is Katie then? Who do you think? Oh, I do. I, oh, you know. I know. Okay. I'm not sure. I know because no, I know because I I was still watching the show at this oh, point, okay. and I re- like I remember who it is because it's it's not okay. good. Great. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> then let's finish up our show. Sam, Sam, think of think of the worst person Katie could possibly be. It's that person, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, let's 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 wrap this one up. We'll we'll save that mystery for the future. I'm. That's part of it. Is like I'm actually pretty excited to watch the next episode because like. Ooh, a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna find out who Katie is next episode. Damn it! Sorry. We don't have big plans for New York. Um. <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, th- those big plans for New York aren't gonna come up until the very end of the season. Ugh, I'm pretty sure. Great. I'm not I'm not exactly sure on when we find out because it's been a long time since I've seen them, but I think it's near the very okay. end. Well, so. well, I guess I'll hold on then for that. But in the meantime, we need to do our podcast business. All I want to get is podcast some podcast business. business. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> but it's a metaphor. metaphor. And metaphors are important. important. Gold stars are important. Because gold, gold stars, stars are, are a metaphor, metaphor for, for me being a star. Thanks. Now we're going to do the gold stars, yes. which is where we award a star to whoever deserves it from the episode. Sam, you may go first, please. Yes. Do it. Uh, I picked Unique 
singing is great. Nice. I mean, obviously, the the fact that this is the storyline is kind of upsetting. But at the same time, Unique finally has some storyline, which is nice. Um, so. Yay. The shove is bad, yeah. though. Yep. Um, I'm going to choose... Santana. Yeah, that was my other that was my other consideration, which I mean, of course, yeah. right? <laughs> like man, she's because she's doing it all for love, Maggie, for her family. She is. She loves her family, which is honestly too much for me, and I like just thinking about that when she I don't know, comforted Rachel, it it like brings me to tears. It's so amazing i just love that they're family and that they're actually together and they're living in this house together and they just want to ruin it because they're stupid <laughs> and, <laughs> and rachel is confused by brody's beautiful body yes. um yes. yeah uh so i'm choosing santana but there is a special mention for blaine as well because sure. <laughs> the hair cement is hilarious yes um the hair cement is really funny, and also, like, him, like, being really upset about the stolen credit and everything is really funny. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then the political conspiracy reveal is pretty good. Like, it's perfect, basically. Yeah. Um, I was I was looking yeah. for panty lines, though, and I didn't see any, so. Yeah, there are no panty lines anyway, so, Sue, what's up? I mean, um, all, it's just yes. the show, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the show gaslighting us, being like, oh, look at Santana's monster tits. Where are they? Oh, look at Finn's bulge. Where is it? Oh, look at Blaine's panty lines. They're not there. <laughs> and you know we were looking. But let's... I, I'm already ogling these people because they're on a television show. So I would know right. if they're yes. there. Okay? Yes. Um, and don't make me feel like I'm, like I'm gross. <laughs> So let's let's move to the next piece. Uh, the best number. Do you want to run through our options? Sure. I, I will do that for you. Thank you. So we start the episode with how to be a heartbreaker. Then the bitch is back. Dress you up. The um, mm-hmm. mashup. Then there's cold hearted snake. Bye bye bye. I want it that way. I still believe super bass and closer. Is that everything? I think so. There's the song that Brody sings in the shower, but I don't know what it is. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember it either. Uh, I picked how to be a heartbreaker because I'm choosing that one also. Like the spectacle is there and I am here for it. So same, same. Uh, I do like the dancing from bye, bye, bye. Um, the marionette dancing is very cool, but the mashup itself is terrible. (laughs) Also Um, Finn is involved. So like, obviously not that one. Um, cool. Cold hearted snake is great. Uh, because it's just it's just like Santana sort of writhing all yes. over a scaffolding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I still believe in super bass is also good. Uh, even though like Jane Lynch is just sort of like weird, stilted kick dancing yeah. isn't anything to write home about. But uh, the mashup itself is pretty good, and the the spectacle of it all is yes. fun. Um, bitches back and dress you up like the the audio of it is good but the the context is bad. yes it's um, it's unfortunate especially that part where like writer is like ew don't touch yeah. me yeah it's not great um yeah and then closer is boring kind of um yep. yeah yep. i mean in general it's not terrible like there were no songs that were just like outright really bad um bad 
So yeah. that's nice. But I, I just, I, I rewatched the like, act, like the original music video for How to Be a Heartbreaker. And what's fun about it is that like the original music video is also like a kind of it's. I feel like it's supposed to be a kind of like reversal, like role reversal of set or like um, what's the word I'm looking for, where you treat someone mm-hmm. like a piece of meat, where people mm. usually do that to women, especially in like object objectification. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, because, like, usually in a lot of pop music, women are objectified, but, like, the point of How to Be a Heartbreaker, at least the video, seems to be that, like, a lot of men... Is that the is that men are objectified, and Marina, uh, Marina Dimandis, is I think her name, uh, just sort of rubs their nude yes. bodies. But, like, I feel like that actually kind of fits with this, like, setup that they've done. It's still weird, yeah. and, like, some of the things about it I'm not necessarily comfortable with, but... It's like it's a good performance, so yeah. Um, last piece rating. I am gonna give this episode one slushy out of five for some excessive transphobia and also like I don't know, like it's fine. It's not t- it's not bad by any means. It's just like there's some stuff that's just kind of gross. So. Yep, I'm gonna do the same. Yeah, because the the transphobe storyline is like. I mean, I'm upset that, like, Glee writers are like, this is the the trans plotline that needs to be here, right? Is yeah. ha- have somebody be gross and transphobic and have the, uh, like, trans person in question react with violence. That's perfect, right? That Everybody does that. I, I feel um, like... Gross. I feel like if it hadn't been writer, if it had been, like, some random person at the school, I would have... Not, not. I mean, obviously, some of the things need to go, like the violence, and you know, obviously, the fact that the main plot is that this person is getting harassed. Like, um, yeah. but if it hadn't been writer, I feel like I wouldn't have been as confused and upset by it because, like we talked about, it's kind of out of nowhere mm. for writer to do this, and also, like, yeah, like, I don't understand why it had to be someone we were like familiar with who didn't show any of this beforehand when there were ample opportunities for that to be a thing. So. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't think Glee even knows why they did it this yeah. way. Um, but that's that's everything for this week. Um, we're gonna move on to season four, episode seventeen next week, which is guilty pleasures. Um, but until then, you can contact us on Twitter at snmhakely or by email snmhakely at gmail dot com. Um, we've had some people reach out to us on Twitter. Love hearing from you. It's always great to hear, um, especially because I think for some reason a lot of people have just started recently and so there's a lot of people talking about like season one stuff and some season two stuff and like it's great to hear and i don't know it's just it's fun yeah and if you want to share long longer form thoughts with us you can hit us up at our email snmhakely at gmail.com we also have a Patreon page uh, that you can consider supporting us at. It's just patreon.com slash snmhakely. We have extra content there if you want to check it out. We also push most of our Patreon subscription donations to donating ourselves. Right now it's to the Translaw Center. Yep. 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 So, and I mean, if there's any episode that explains why we need to do this more than this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's this yeah. one. So uh yeah but that's just everything so until next week uh when we're back with guilty pleasures i've been sam and i've been maggie and we hate glee